Today on In Grace, the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and we have a very, very special In Grace episode for you today. As it's our Friday and weekend edition of In Grace, we always go somewhere. Today, we're going to take you to Israel, and we're going to show you some things that are happening in Israel right now that are leading up to the end times and the Jewish quest to rebuild their temple. Welcome to In Grace, part two of the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple as we talk to people about rebuilding the temple. We know the Bible has a lot to say about there being a third temple in the end times. I know for sure that Daniel's prophecy and prediction of the desecration of the Jewish temple is still future. Yes, there was a Greek king that desecrated the temple before Jesus, but Jesus talked about another desecration being in the future. And so I know that in the tribulation period, the seven-year period that will start with the signing of a seven-year peace treaty between the Antichrist and Israel, someone will seemingly finally achieve Middle East peace. It's a false peace. It'll unravel quickly. Quickly, and at least by halfway through the tribulation, so in three and a half years after the signing of that treaty, the Antichrist will do what Antiochus Epiphany did, desecrate the Jewish temple. Of course, to desecrate it, he has it has to be rebuilt. And so I believe that will probably be part of the negotiation for a final peace where Israel will be given the right to rebuild the temple. People are preparing for that today, as you will see as we go through this series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. We talked to people bringing the red heifers to Israel. I actually was in a cow pasture in Dallas, Texas, with one of the calves that went to Israel. And uh, we talked to the rancher that uh, raised the red heifers. And we uh, talked to heart makers and somebody growing plants for the incense of the Jewish temple and many other aspects, including a tour of the Temple Mount, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and the Dome of the Rock. So I think you'll find this fascinating today as we look at more about the things happening in Israel today that are all leading to rebuilding the temple. Now, I would like to send you something for free. To really understand Bible prophecy and the end times, we have a prophecy chart. It's four color. It gives you the timeline of Bible prophecy, the rapture, the tribulation, the appearing of Christ and his second coming, the millennial reign, the white throne judgment. All of these things are laid out on a timeline. To get this prophecy chart, let me hear from you today. All I have to do is hear from you. Get your address and we'll mail it to you. You might want to go to our website and print it out yourself to get it immediately. Or you can even just look at it on your phone or your tablet or your computer. So here's how you do it. You call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, one 
1-800-878-GRACE and ask for the free prophecy chart. We'll send it to you. Uh, or you can go right now to ingraceradio.com. You can ask for the chart online or you can print it out or download it online as well. ingraceradio.com or 1-800-78-GRACE. You can also write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. If you'd like the entire three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, either DVD or digital download, we'll send that to you as a thank you for your gift of any amount. So you get the chart and the video series for a gift of any amount. The chart just by itself is absolutely free. Now, we also have something very exciting I'd like to tell you about. It is a beautiful canvas print of the Jewish temple as it would have looked early on with God's glory coming off of it. I would love to send this beautiful canvas print. It's a very exclusive product. We have designed it. One of our artists made this and we've printed it. You can only get it from us. And it's a for a gift of $150 or more, we're going to send you this beautiful canvas print of the temple. And we'll also send you the Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple video series and the prophecy chart. Contact us today, 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Last time, we found ourselves in a cow pasture in Texas that would lead us on an amazing journey of filming five red heifers destined for the ceremony related to rebuilding the Jewish temple. We learned that the Temple Mount in Jerusalem has an amazing history, from Abraham offering Isaac, to David's purchase of the land, to Solomon's glorious temple, to Nebuchadnezzar's destruction of it, to a less grand rebuilding after the captivity, to Herod's grand embellishment of the temple and the platform, to Jesus' many visits to the temple, to his prophecy of its destruction. This time, we're gonna tell you the story of five red heifers arrival in Israel and talk to the two rabbis responsible for helping make it happen. But first, we're gonna examine the roadblocks for rebuilding the Jewish temple. A huge question to be answered is this, where was the temple originally? While the vast majority of scholars have correctly said that it was built on the Temple Mount, a theory that has gained popularity claims the temple was to the south of the Temple Mount, either on what's called the Ophel or down even lower in the city of David. There's a major problem with both locations, their size. Neither is large enough to fit the temple. Also, 1 Kings 8 and 2 Chronicles 5 state that the priests took the Ark of the Covenant out of the city of David and up to the new temple. The alternate location theory has been proposed because of a major roadblock to rebuilding the temple, the Dome of the Rock. The idea of the Dome of the Rock's removal to make way for the temple has always sparked fears of World War III. This is the big problem for those wanting to rebuild the temple. But we recently had the opportunity to go inside not only to the Dome of the Rock, but also to the third most holy mosque in Islam, 
Al-Aqsa. It's amazing to know that there's so much history here in this place on the Temple Mount. It's a remarkable history and it's not finished. There's more to come here. We're getting exclusive access into the Dome of the Rock. Obviously, this is a real big problem if there is going to be a rebuilt third temple, um, but it's fascinating to be in here. I haven't been in this place for a long, long time, and it, uh, there's just a lot of sense of history here. It's really incredible. So we're just in the Dome of the Rock. Now we're gonna go into the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Again, we don't usually get access to go inside these buildings, so this is very special. This is a magnificent place, very old, and it is pretty in its own right. After touring both buildings, I asked our guide about the Jewish claim to the Temple Mount. He told us that Al-Aqsa was not just the gray-domed mosque, but the entire Temple Mount, which they call Al-Haram Al-Sharif, which means the Noble Sanctuary. That is the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Yes. And that is uh, the no. Dome of the Rock. No, 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 so, this is not Al-Aqsa Mosque. That is not. No, Al-Aqsa Mosque is the compound. Is there a name for the compound in Al Arabic? Mosque. No, Al-Aqsa Mosque. In the Quran, yeah, it's Al-Aqsa. Al-Aqsa in Arabic means the right. furthest mosque from Mecca to Jerusalem in that time, I mean. And the highest, the supreme. So a mosque isn't just where people go to pray exactly. and face east. It's the, it's the whole mosque. compound. No. Uh, any building outside could be a mosque, but not everything would be Al-Aqsa because Al-Aqsa is this building, not this. Sorry, Al-Aqsa is the land, not the building. The claim that the entire Temple Mount is Al-Aqsa not just the building we were just in, is false. It's a new claim that doesn't line up with Islamic history. Some are saying this because they don't want the Jews to pray on the Temple Mount, let alone rebuild their temple here. Our Temple Mount guide said, if the temple once stood here, he doesn't care since the Muslims are here now. Many Muslims have said that there is no evidence of the temple even being there at all. This is false. There's much evidence of the Jewish temple, even in the Supreme Muslim Council's own publication in 1924. Their guide to the Temple Mount says, its identity with the site of Solomon's temple is beyond dispute. Our guide told me that as a good Muslim, he believes the Bible. So I asked him, since he believes the Bible, he must believe that the Jewish temple once stood here. I will not destroy my building for them to rebuild the temple. This is my country. I'm here now. Even if there is a temple before, I don't care. This is my building. This is my land now. I'm here now. Everybody cares. Everybody needs a solution. But do you think there's a solution? There's no solution. The Israelis will not respect anything, even any treatment. And the problem that most of the powerful countries all around the earth are supporting, the terrorism, I mean, we are under occupation since 48. Our Temple Mount guide called Israel terrorists and occupiers? This is also not true. Israel has the legal claim to the land of Israel, and especially here on the Temple Mount. 
King David purchased the threshing floor from Aruna the Jebusite. And in 1947, the United Nations Partition Plan divided up what was known then as Mandatory Palestine, giving the Jews and Arabs land. The Jews accepted this, but the Arabs were not satisfied with the Jews having any land and attacked Israel numerous times with the goal of driving them into the sea. Every time the Arabs attacked Israel, they lost ground. Israel is not the occupier, nor the terrorist. They are the only democracy in the Middle East surrounded by monarchies and dictatorships. Israel, the only sanctuary for the Jewish people in our dangerous world, has the right to exist and also to defend itself. With their automatic weapons, with the guns, with the machine guns, it's provocation every single day. This is what we are feeling here. This is what we are facing every single day. Every single step in our life struggles here. As you can see, these issues are complex, volatile, and go back decades, centuries, and even millennia. While I do feel for the plight of the Palestinians, their leadership will not even entertain solutions, therefore perpetuating the Palestinian hardships. Discover more about the Third Temple and its significance in end times prophecy through the incredible resources offered by In Grace and Jim Scudder. Start with our beautiful prophecy chart, delivered straight to you completely free. Plus, when you donate to In Grace, you'll receive the incredible three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, filmed in Israel. This series is designed to transport you visually and spark your curiosity about the pursuit to build the third temple. For donations of $150 or more, you will also receive a limited edition, original canvas print portraying the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE. Explore more on ingraceradio.com or mail InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Unveil the mysteries of the end times and the Jewish temple today. Frankie Snyder, the small finds expert at the Shiloh excavations, first saw the lead curse tablet from Mount Ebal in her wet sift tray. While interviewing her about that amazing find for another Ingrace episode, she surprised me by telling me that the curse tablet was not the thing she was most proud of finding. It was figuring out the pattern for the Jewish temple tiles. The project just started in 2004, but I came in in 2007, and I started noticing all these different geometric tiles that they were finding. And I asked one of the archeologists one day, is anybody trying to go back and reassemble these or figure out what kind of patterns they, you know, they might've been part of? And she said, no, right now we're just collecting them and cataloging them. Do you want to try that? I said, sure. I'm a math major, I like geometry, I'll give it a try. And it turned out to be my career for the next 14 years was reassembling floor tiles back into their original patterns. At first, when I started with the material at the Temple Mount, they thought maybe all of them were King Herod because they knew that King Herod had used beautiful tiles on the Temple Mount. But as I began to study the different kinds of tiles that we had or different kinds that were used here in Israel, we found out that they had uh, this type of flooring, which is called opus sectile. Um, it was used first in King Herod's time, but you have to you know, study what Herod was doing and then make your best guess. And that's, that's what I did with these, to try to reconstruct the floors that Jesus and his disciples would have walked on, that 
um, the ancestors of all the Jews here would have walked on when they were up there in the in the first century. That's really neat. And those that want to uh, rebuild the temple, third temple. Yes. Uh, do you know if they're interested in what? They know about my patterns, yes. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, if that's what they're going to use, but it makes sense if they're going to try to replicate as close as they can what was left from the second temple, then this may be part of it, which something I never thought I'd be doing, which was, you know, helping to design the floors of the third temple. Another big roadblock to rebuilding the temple might be something that's not there at all, the Ark of the Covenant. The location of the Ark of the Covenant is the subject of movies and imaginations. It is thought to have been hidden away before Nebuchadnezzar ransacked the temple. While there are many theories of the current location, none are as intriguing to me as the possibility that the prophet Jeremiah hid the Ark in a cave in Qumran. This was the subject of the Ingrace series, The Copper Scroll. But since the second temple is thought to have been in operation without the Ark of the Covenant, so might the third temple operate without it as well. Or, in God's perfect timing, it will be found, and that itself may lead to rebuilding the temple in Israel. There are many hurdles to rebuilding the temple, but one idea has grabbed my attention. While talking to a rabbi, he suggested that there may be an agreement to leave the Al-Aqsa Mosque where it is. He said that because Islam does not use graven images and they worship only one God, they might be willing to leave that in place. Interestingly, the book of Revelation suggests that this may actually happen. In chapter 11, it says, but the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Could this refer to the Al-Aqsa Mosque staying in place even with the third temple in operation? Some will say impossible, but I'm just telling you what a very informed rabbi told me. And he said, of course, the Dome of the Rock would need to be moved, and he suggested moving it to Mecca or Medina or somewhere in a Palestinian area. All of this seems unlikely to happen anytime soon, but who knows? It may be part of a peace deal, a seven-year peace deal, one that the Bible predicts will be confirmed by the Antichrist. Before the temple can be used, a very special ceremony must take place first, and that brings us back to the red heifers. Ty, do you think maybe a few years ago you would ever have imagined you being here today at a church with a red heifer. No. What's the story? How did this all come to be? No, gosh, a few months ago, my brother had met a, a, an evangelist, so they had gotten to be friends, and he had told him that he was involved with a group of people that were looking for a red Angus heifer for the, mm. for the sacrifice to the temple. Mm. And so I went back and, and started studying about that in Numbers 19 about the requirements. Right and was fascinated to, to find out that Moses dedicated a red heifer. And there had been nine more dedicated since then, and this would be number 10. And the Hebrew people today believe, the rabbis tell me, that 
This will be the 10th heifer, and they believe it'll be the one that'll usher in the, the coming of Moshiach. Okay, so you have the heifers being born, but you have pretty quickly a problem, and that is you ranchers tag the ear That's of right. these calves. We had uh, already tagged all the calves, and so when Robert came, I said, well, you know, he said, they can't, have a, they can't have an ear tag. And I said, well, I've got, you know, a couple hundred out there, but they all have ear tags. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna be able to help you. And so we said, well, let's, let's drive around and look anyways. And we did, and, and as we were driving around, we came back and we hadn't found anything. And my brother and, and the rabbis and I, we said a little prayer and said, well, let's, let's go one more time. And, and about that time, this mama cow for this baby, calf came walking out of the woods. Oh, no kidding. And we hadn't tagged it yet. So uh, so we were all excited and they went over and looked at it and said, said this one's solid red. And, and these two rabbis went to examining this calf and all of a sudden they go to crying and then they get all excited and they get on the telephone and I'm hearing all this Hebrew, I don't know what they're <laughs> saying, but they, I can tell they're excited. To bring this red heifer and four others into Israel, many bureaucratic, logistic, and financial hurdles had to be overcome. After months of effort, five red heifers landed at Ben-Gurion Airport in Israel to much joy and celebration. The song they are singing is about the Holy Temple. Now that the five red heifers from Texas are in Israel, they'll be monitored very closely to see if they develop any defects or blemishes. After reinspection, when they are two years old, if any pass that inspection, the animal will be killed and burned. The ashes would be mixed with water and be used to cleanse the entire nation before temple sacrifices could begin. This ceremony must take place on the Mount of Olives in line of sight to the entrance of where the temple stood. The problem is that that part of the Mount of Olives is mostly Arab-owned, and they would not be in favor of such a ceremony. So a group of Jews covertly purchased a piece of land on the Mount of Olives that fits the criteria. And this is where we were able to interview Rabbi Saki Mamo about the red heifer. We have the mission in our generation. We're born after 2,000 years that the temple not exists in our world. And we have to research, we have to look, we have to work and to try to understand and at the same time to do. I'd like to end this episode on the land on the Mount of Olives designated for the Red Heifer Ceremony to share with you some really good news. Those that have received by faith Jesus, Yeshua, as Savior, those that have believed in Him, trusted in Him, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So yes, there was a temple standing on the Temple Mount behind me, and the Bible predicts there will be a temple one day. But what's important is that you are connected to God, that you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven, that you've been redeemed, that you've been saved. And the Bible makes it very clear that we're sinners, that we've messed up, that our, our ancestors, Adam and Eve sinned, and, and that's been passed on. All have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. But there's good news to that. And the good news is that God loves you 
and wanted to redeem you. And the only way to do that was to send the perfect human sacrifice, the one that would fulfill all the types and the feasts of the temple and the tabernacle. And that one person came and he completed the law and the prophets entirely and perfectly. His name is Yeshua, Jesus. He died on a cross here in Jerusalem. He was buried and in three days he rose again. So the story of Christianity, the true story of the Bible is that you can be saved from your sins by simple faith and trust in Jesus and him alone. My friends, that is the best news in the entire world. Discover more about the Third Temple and its significance in end times prophecy through the incredible resources offered by In Grace and Jim Scudder. Start with our beautiful prophecy chart delivered straight to you completely free. Plus, when you donate to InGrace, you'll receive the incredible three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, filmed in Israel. This series is designed to transport you visually and spark your curiosity about the pursuit to build the third temple. For donations of $150 or more, you will also receive a limited edition, original canvas print portraying the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE. Explore more on ingraceradio.com or mail InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Unveil the mysteries of the end times and the Jewish temple today. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.